This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, October 7th, 2022, and we're in the fourth quarter. Uh, there's no denying that it's been volatile year, very volatile year, one of the worst years for the, the S&P 500. One of the worst, by the way, in case you were wondering. Now, there's been worse. I'm not saying there isn't, but it is one of the worst years for the S&P 500. So I hope your portfolio is balanced and optimized as best you can and taking the proper risks that make you feel comfortable with what you're doing. We're going to talk about that this hour. Keep in mind, there are many things to like about the fall season. We're in the fall. I love the fall season. Uh, when I lived in the East, I lived in New Jersey for seven or eight years after I graduated from college in from California. That was my first real job out of college was in Manhattan. Um, I really loved the fall. The fall was spectacular. So I, I kind of like it. Uh, it's not falling, fall where we are now in Southern California, where I am now, it's not much different than summer. <laughs> okay. Not yet, anyways. Usually... In Southern California, um, September and sometimes October are pretty hot months. It starts to cool off this month, October. So the market itself, though, hasn't been cooling off in that volatility. We know that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here today on the radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy and the decisions regarding that strategy and portfolio. I like doing the show. I do the show every every couple days a week, sometimes three, when trading off with Justin, Justin Klein. Our number never changes. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is a call-in show. You can ask financial questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And, of course, I have a lot of material I want to discuss. My focus point today concerns the story, the case for why you should stay invested, even though the S&P 500 is down over 20% this year. Matter of fact, I think it's three days ago before we had the two big up days and today's big down day, the market was down 23.9%. 23.9%. Okay, that's how far it's gone down for the first nine months of the year. Okay, uh, time permitting, I want to also talk about the uh, payroll report that came out today. And that's one of the reasons why the market had a bad day today. That payroll report looked too strong. Isn't that kind of counterintuitive? You have too strong. The jobs market is too strong. <laughs> well, that's because we know that the Fed has been trying to weaken the economy. And I wouldn't fight the Fed. There's an old saying, don't fight the Fed. They want to weaken the economy. They will succeed because they'll keep raising interest rates till they do. So that's going to happen. That's going to be our main talking about. Time permitting, I have some other things besides the payroll report. I want to talk about oil. Oil prices 
I've been recommending for quite some time, and I just, in last week even, you know, stay with your oil position, stay with your commodities positions. And I still think you should talk about that a little bit. And um, one other thing, dollar. I want to talk about the dollar a little bit. You know, it's, been, it's the strongest it's been in 20 years, the dollar. And what you should do, maybe, you know, what should you do if the dollar's so strong, you're approaching retirement, hmm, that's a good thing I might want to do, and I'm going to discuss that. Those are the things we're going to talk about. The market was down today. The Dow was down 630 points. The Nasdaq uh, down 421 points. And the S&P 500 down 105 so 3% for the NASDAQ, 2.8% of the S&P 500, and 2.1% for the Dow. So it was a pretty weak day today, pretty weak. But we had two very strong days, volatility. I don't, we're, never gonna, we're not going to get away from it for quite some time, people. We're not. Just, just be aware that you're going to have to deal with volatility, okay? So I got a lot of things planned, but of course you come first. We want to talk to you. So let's go to a live call. Let's talk to Nick in Los Angeles. Hi, Nick. Hi, Steve. Happy Friday to you. Thank you. Happy Friday to you, too. All right. Um, I'm calling about ASML, a uh, Dutch semiconductor supplier. Um, I'm looking to get in in the low 400s, which I believe would represent one of the lower... uh, the lower bound range of its multiple, uh, EV to EV, EV to EBITDA multiple for the past decade or so. So pretty, pretty cheap on that basis if it were pretty good on the 400s. Um, it's a critical supplier to essentially um, the makers of the most high-end semiconductors in the world, anything from your smartphone to data centers to, you know, military-grade uh, ballistic missiles. This stuff needs UV lithography, which ASML does. And uh, they've got a monopoly, very wide moat, growing earnings for, you know, on decades straight. And I think it's uh, rock solid. And, you know, the worries about interest rates and um, inflation are, are providing a good buying opportunity. What do you think? You're probably right. Uh, most of the things you said I agree with 100%. I can't think of anything. It's ASML, everybody. It's a Dutch manufacturer of lithograph systems used in the fabrication of integrated circuits. Okay, so their earnings are very strong. Uh, they made sixteen dollars and twenty sixteen dollars thirty cents in two thousand twenty one because they're that was last year. This year they're estimated to make twelve dollars thirteen dollars eighty four cents down. But next year that's going to rebound big time to nineteen dollars and eighty two cents. And if you use nineteen dollars and eighty two cents and the stock price of four hundred thirty four dollars, you come up with a P of twenty one twenty twenty one. Right now, of course, it's higher than that because you're, you know, the next this year's earnings aren't that strong, not as strong as next year's. But we always value based on the furthest looking earnings we can come up with, and we all know that's an estimate. We don't know for sure, but it's usually pretty good. So therefore, the five year range of the PE range is twenty to fifty seven. So you're right. You said it was near its low. Huge return on equity, forty eight percent. That's very strong. Pays a small dividend, 1.4%. Sales are growing. At least they were in the most recent quarter. Um, and they've been growing. So, and all those things about, you know, there's not a manufacturer who's building chip 
fat, fat chip plants than we have here in the United States. You know, with uh, um, uh, with that bill we passed to spend to give chip makers money to build factories here, that's going to affect ASML because they're going to be a supplier. Anyways, I do I do like it. It's gone from what eight hundred dollars down to four hundred thirty four. Uh, it's been down to 434, 430, somewhere in that range. Let's see. Let me get if I can get a closer look at the chart. It looks yeah, like four, a double bottom here, maybe. E- exactly. Uh, 412.62 was its previous low, and now it bounced off of that 413 or so, 1415, whatever that is. So this would be a classic double bottom. And as long as it doesn't break below that, it's a pretty strong buy signal. Okay, because, yeah. you know, so I, I would say even if it doesn't, let's say, you know, let's, uh, uh, Nick, let's say it breaks below that. Let's say it does that. Doesn't take away anything we just said about the company. It's still a very strong, very well-run company with a low PE. So I wouldn't be fearful. Their, their product is needed. You know, that they're yeah. not going anywhere. They have such a wide moat. Yeah. Um, if, if they go down to 380, I'll buy more of them. Yeah, exactly. That should be the attitude. That should be the attitude. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Let's go to Seth in New Hampshire. He has a personal financial question. Hi, Seth. Seth, are you there? How you doing? Oh, he dropped. That's not good. Seth, call back. We'll be happy to talk to you. Or if you don't, if it's a, too personal, you can send me an email or call me at the office or call Justin, either one of us. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We're headed into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions. Any investment and financial questions are appreciated. Okay? You set the agenda. Call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Investor. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Seth, Seth called back, and I appreciate you doing that. Seth in New Hampshire, what do you got there? Hey, I just had a quick question about uh, some personal finance. Sure. I um, I kind of lost my um, 
my safety net due to the, the roof needing to be re- replaced, but okay. I'm starting to get back to that uh, three to six months of savings. Right. And I was wondering what I should do next because my mortgage is at three and a quarter percent. Should I be putting more on my mortgage when I get my safety net fully funded again, or should I be investing more into the market? Well, that's a really good question. You know, normally, if all the years I've been doing this show since 2000, I would tell people, by the time you retire, you've got to have your mortgage paid off, okay? How old are you? I am so, 25, oh. so I'm, I got 40-plus okay. years. Okay, then the reason why the mortgages have been so low, okay, uh, the, it, I am not real keen, especially young people like yourself, to paying them off because you can make a lot more money with the money invested. Okay, even if you invested conservatively, let's say you buy bonds, you know, uh, uh, tips, treasury inflation protected bonds, or even corporate bonds, high quality corporate bonds, you can make five, six, seven percent. And here you have a mortgage of three and a half. Well, you know, it's always the best use of your money. So once you have your emergency fund set up, I would press putting it in the market. Okay, that's what I would that's, do. That's yeah, that's what I was kind of considering because I was I was really struggling with it because you know a lot of a lot of the advice is you know get out of debt as soon as you can, but my mortgage is my only debt currently. Oh well, then I, I would not be a rush to get out of that. Not at your age. Maybe if you if you would have told me I'm sixty and I want to retire in a couple of years. I would say, well, maybe you might want to start paying down that mortgage if you still had it, you know. Uh, but, you know, at your age, anybody under 40, I'm not, and you have a real low mortgage rate? Not in this environment. I don't know if I'd pay it off. I hate saying that because I don't want people to retire with debt. I don't. But I think you're doing the right thing. Appreciate it, Seth. And congratulations not having any other debt. I know that's hard for some people. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine sharp. Usually, you know, it's Friday, everybody, right? So on Fridays, I usually give you a rundown on some of the important numbers. Two-year Treasury yield four point two nine percent. You can make four point two nine percent on two-year Treasuries. Two nine four point two nine a year for so four point three percent per year for two years. Give you a perspective. Four point one three weeks back, and long time, you know, go way back, not sixteen weeks ago. 2.65, okay? Half a year ago, 1.9. And if you go back 41 weeks, not even quite a year, the rate was 0.64%. So within a year, it went from 0.64 to 4.1%. That's huge movement percentage-wise. The 10-year treasury, 3.865%. So you make a lot more with a 2-year treasury than a 10-year treasury. So why wouldn't you buy a 2-year treasury? You would, right? That's called an inversion, okay? And that's not healthy for the economy, very unhealthy for the economy, okay? Oil was selling at $92 a barrel. Do you think it's going to go down? I mentioned last week I thought oil was going up. I think it's still going to go up. Gasoline, national average $3.89, everybody. In California, it's $6.29, almost twice. We're heading to a break. I welcome your financial investment questions now. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart.
Hi, Justin. This is Glenn in San Francisco. I am looking at uh, opportunities in fixed income right now uh, since the, uh, the yields have moved up. I am intrigued with VTIP, that's the Vanguard uh, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities Fund, ETF. It looks, uh, it's got a 6% yield, so it looks like it has some decent yield, especially compared to uh, the nominal bond funds of similar duration. So I like that. As far as I can tell, the risks would be if inflation starts to roll over really hard, then uh, the principal value could drop. Um, but I'm trying to figure out how I can estimate that downside risk. Any uh, feedback or, or input on that uh, that you could provide would be appreciated. Thanks a lot. Okay, this is a VTIP, Vanguard Short-Term Inflation Protected Bonds, Exchange Traded Fund, ETF, tracking Barclays U.S. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities for the and their five, zero to five-year index, the zero to five-year index. So it's short-term. Uh, it does pay 6.4% right now, and it is probably a good place to be in an inflationary environment that we're in, because we are in an inflationary environment. Um, so the question, you're, you were right. How do you measure the turning point? Because when inflation starts to fall, see, these tips are, are you know, if you held them personally as opposed to an ETF, every six months the tip resets itself based on what the inflation rate is every six months. So inflation goes down six months from now, you won't get 64.4%. It'll go down. But at the same time, when you buy an ETF and not the actual bond, the net asset value of the whole bond fund, the ETF, will go down if interest rates, if inflation starts to weaken. So how do you know when is the time to get out of that? That's a difficult call. Really, it is. But I would say right now, we know the Fed's probably going to continue to raise the rates. The market has been trying to guess that the Fed is at a transition point or a tipping point or a, you know, a pivot point, whatever you want to say on their interest rates. And the market's been wrong. Okay. So the, especially with today's data on uh, jobs, jobs are very strong, very good news for the economy. Not so good news for the Fed. They want the economy to slow down, you know, therefore, because they're fighting inflation. So it's a problem. So you're, you're, you are right in your assumption, when do I know when to get up? Well, no one knows. It's a very difficult task. Uh, I think you're safe for a while, for months, you know, maybe six months. But I, that's just a pure guess on my part. It's just hard to know. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and play another caller question, second one in a row. This one came in uh, earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Nick in Nebraska. Just have come to a point where I've realized I have too many different companies in my portfolio, and I've heard uh, a few different numbers. One expert or analyst saying that you really should keep it at – you know, around 12 companies in your portfolio. So I'm trying to narrow it down, and I guess I'll focus on one company. I was curious if you thought that Campbell's would be a good company to be in my top 12. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on the company. Thank you very much. I think 12 is a little, a little too few. That's what I think. Um, 
we as a professionals, we ha- we carry around thirty to thirty five. Okay, that's how much our, our three percent each. Uh, portfolio, and I recommend to people that maybe you shouldn't go more than five percent each, and that each, and that means about twenty for an individual like yourself. It doesn't mean you can't do it with twelve; you can. But the fewer you are, the more focused you're going to be, and the more focused going to be means you can be very right or very wrong, depending on what's going on. Campbell Soup is a very, uh, very stable, long-term food package company, right? $14 billion strong, makes condensed, ready-to-use soups, Mexican sauces, broth, pasta sauce, canned poultry, and snacks. And earnings are very stable. They're very. This is a very good company in a, in a recession, recessionary environment when that happens. They pay a 3.2% dividend right now, and it's a very stable company. It really is. It doesn't grow much. doesn't shrink much. Stable, stable, stable. That's how you define it. But you're not going to make a great return in equity. You're just not. You're not going to get a great return. But you're going to get a steady return. Ownership management owns... Hi, Steve and Justin. Hey, Justin. Steve. Management owns 33% of this stock. 33%. That's huge. Funds own 44%. So 77% of the company is closely held. Funds have been slowly buying. So it's a good, solid company. There'll be nothing wrong keeping your portfolio. Just don't expect any kind of excitement. Okay? Because you're not going to get it. You're just not. It's Friday, so the weekend is here, everybody. And, or almost here, anyways. In the meantime, you must have financial investment questions. Come on. You know you do. And that's why we're here, to help you answer some of those. Remember, you set the agenda, so call now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Yeah, I own GDX, um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. What's your question? 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI 
promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. I actually have two quick questions. My first question is, I'm already maxing out my Roth IRA. It's all right if I kind of do a, uh, I don't know, a, a dividend part of my portfolio, right? Uh, and my last question is, I'm looking at this stock MLI, Mueller Industries. Uh, I'm trying to expand into the machinery. Uh, would this be a good time to invest in it uh, just because of the economic activity? Thank you for all that you do and looking for the answer. Have a great day. Uh, answer the first part of the question. Yeah, you can segregate a part of your portfolio. So this is my my income, my dividend income part of my portfolio, these groups of stocks. You can do that. Um, and generally, I recommend for people as they get older and older that they start to migrate into those dividend, big dividend players because payers because of your age. And then you're going to need income in your retirement. And it's less risky. Those are usually our bigger stocks, blue chips. But when they're paying high dividends, in other words, when the stock prices are low and the dividends are now high because of that, the yields are high, it's a good time to think about it. Mueller Industries is a $3.4 billion company. It makes copper tubing fittings, brass, copper alloy rods for the HVAC refrigeration and plumbing markets. Uh, it's going to make $10.15 this year, $9.13 next year, and it's a $60 stock, so it's a very low-priced stock. So, yeah, I kind of like it. Uh, in a recession, this, course, will get hurt, and they were $20, $23, you know, just last, uh, in, in, in uh, about a year ago, March. Now it's at 60 so it's made a pretty big run, but the earnings have also made a pretty big run. Um, if we go into recession, this stock will go down. It will. But I do like the exposure to industrials and commodities at this point. I do. 
Okay, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. So I have a preview for you. The market conditions section. I explained that the market lost around 9% during the month of September. So following September, horrendous sell-off, traders welcomed the start of October. The market was probably in oversold territory, recovering around 4% in the first two days of the month. Of course, today went down about 2 to 3%. Much of that rise and fall is, is, is uh, Fed-related. So is today's. Wall Street is constantly changing its mind on when the Fed is going to pivot away from the aggressive and hawkish stance. And Wall Street today thought that they weren't. They're still going to keep going, uh, uh, raising rates strongly. One of the Fed had a speech, one of the Fed presidents had a speech today and said, he thinks the rate's going to 4.5%. It's at three and three and a quarter right now. Three, three and a quarter right now. International economies are starting to break down. Last Wednesday, the Bank of England intervened in the British pound market, reportedly to prevent spiking gilt yields from sinking certain British pension funds. The Bank of England stepped in and bought bonds, driving the long-term yields down by over a full percentage point and pushing U.S. 10-year yields down as well. Okay. So, you know, that's what's going on. Uh, some, some U.S. traders are speculating the Fed has gone too far and will need to start pivoting sooner than later. I think they will, too. I think they'll have to because I think they will be successful in, in damaging the economy. Okay? But when are we going to see that? The Fed appears to be staying committed to continued tightening. In order to react, you reach a target rate of around 4.5%, because that's what they said they were wanted to do. That's a 1.5% away, by the way, right? 1.5% away from the current rate. The increase will continue to put pressure on debt markets and, the strength, and continue strengthening the dollar. This has potential to be disastrous because they might over-leverage international economies and... You know, it just may be, you know, too much too soon. Okay, because it takes a while. Whenever the Federal Reserve does stuff like raising lower interest rates, it takes months and months to determine the impact, not just a month or two, months. So the number of job openings plunged by more than a million in August, providing potential early sign that the massive U.S. labor gap is beginning to close. And today we had the numbers. We had uh, the payroll report come out today for September, so I'm going to go over that in a little bit. So those are some of the things that came out. Um, so the U.S. labor market showed strength in September. Strength. That is not good for what the Fed is doing because they're going to continue pressuring rates, Right. So with private companies adding more jobs than expected, payroll services like ADP reported Wednesday, job growth fell just short of expectations in September. Now, ADP is the private sector jobs. This morning we had private and public. The, the, the official numbers came out today. Uh, you know, so that the Fed should not waver from its tightening policy. 
Should they not? In fact, the probability of a 0.75 hike in November went up 82%. So I think they're going to do it. I don't have a doubt that they're going to do it. You know, uh, it's just going to continue on. In that stock conditions section, the largest athletic footwear and apparel brand in the world, it designs, develops, and markets athletic apparel, footwear, equipment, and accessories in six major categories, running, basketball, football, soccer, training, sportswear, and, of course, the Jordan brand. So you should be able to guess what that one is. The company is currently trading below both the 50- and 200-day moving average, so it has fallen. Uh, and it's around, you know, it might be about a point where you want to buy it, about $90 a share. It pays, it pays a small dividend, low debt. So that's that. Uh, an independent energy company engaged primarily in exploration, development, and production of oil, natural gas, and natural gas liquids. It operates, uh, it, its operations are focused onshore in the United States with five core areas. The company is the highest paying dividend stock of the S&P 500 with a 9% payout. Much of the market, including oil and natural gas, is re responsive to interest rate hikes. Investors across the board need to weigh the fact that a recession is a real possibility. Okay, you really do. Because the Fed's trying to push us into recession. Simple. Like that. They'll talk about, well, we want a soft landing, but their, their, their track record of success is dismal, okay, of a, when it comes to a soft landing. So don't think about that. Okay, let's go back. Let's switch to, that's a newsletter, but you can get it, order it on investtalk.com. Go to our website if you want. Let's go to a live call. Let's go talk to John in Santa Cruz. Hi, John. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Uh, I would like to ask about structured notes. I'm wondering exactly what they are um, and if they are something that is a good idea to take a look at. And at this time, structured notes. I don't have a lot of information on structured notes because I've never purchased them. Okay, so I don't want to okay. say something and just be give you a partial answer. If you're really interested in that, John, if you'll send me an email, and I know you, you know how to send me an email, sure. um, and <laughs> say, you know, I need you to do some research, and I'll be happy to do some research on them for you. Because Will do. Because I don't okay. know much about it, and it might be something I need to know. Okay, I will do it. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Yeah, everybody, uh, uh, I'm telling you, there are certain things I don't know much about. I don't know much about structured notes. Now, I know, I know some things, but I don't want to give wrong information or just partial information. And I don't know much about options. I'm not an options buyer. I know what they are and how they work, but I've never participated that Justin's much more knowledgeable on options than I am because he's been working with the options market for a number of years but I have not okay so uh, so as I said at the beginning of the show uh, we had the September pay, uh, pay payrolls report job report there what came in was 263,000 new jobs um, that Move the unemployment rate from 3.7% down to 3.5. Okay, so it, it, that, that did not bode well for the market. The market didn't like that. 
Didn't like that at all. Uh, wages went up three-tenths of a percent. They expected to go up three-tenths of a percent, and they also went up three-tenths of a percent last month. So that was, you know, came in as expected. Labor force participation, 82.7% from 82.8. So it went down a little fraction. You know, that I don't know if that tells us anything. Nothing. Okay, uh, and jobless claims this week went up to 219,000 from 190. They expected it to go up, but only to about 203, and it was 219. Uh, and that's still low. That's very low. Until it breaks above 300,000, the market, the job market looks pretty darn strong. And I think the investors and traders, the market, when I say the market, I usually am talking about the investors and traders and everybody that's participating in buying and selling uh, equities. The market decided that, oh gosh, this is bad news and uh, that means the Fed's going to keep pushing the rates up and uh, maybe we pushed the market up too high in the last couple of days. Now, question you really need to ask yourself, is this a good time to be buying stocks? Should I be buying I'll tell you this. You should not be selling because the market's already down. I mean, it can go down further, of course, but it's already near its normal normal uh, down market. You know, is down 23% for the S&P. I think the a- average is, between, is about 30. So it's already down, you know, most of the way down. It, you know, so I wouldn't be selling. I'd be looking to buy at this point. And that's very difficult for people because they see their market, their value, their portfolio go down, 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 because it could still go down. I'm not saying it won't. And they think, and they'll think, well, I don't, I'm going to lose money. I need to get out. When in fact, you need to be buying. Okay, my focus point concerns this story. The case for why you should stay invested, even though the S&P 500 is down 20%. That's my whole point. You should stay invested. Why? Because we're down. We're already down. You know, um, you know when this is a fairly normal bear market, okay? Uh, and there was a study done by uh, Chief Investment Strategist Sam Stovall, who analyzed 13 bear markets. He defined as a decline of 20% or more from the market peaks, dating back to 1945. The current bear market falls what Stovall calls garden variety bear market. Okay, those that feature a stock market slide between 20% and 40%. The others are called mega meltdown bear, bear markets, which, you know, saw downturns of more than 40%. Now, maybe we're going to go there. <coughs> maybe that's possible. But this is a, he's, he's thinking this is a normal pullback kind of market, standard. And at 23 point whatever percent it was, you start to think about buying, not selling. And that's the, my whole point that I'm talking about. And there's lots of statistics to support my my thought. Now, I remember in 2008, that was a mega bear market. The market went, SP went down close to 50%, 47%, okay? Do you remember how long it took to make up that market? Two years. It took a year. One year. One year. The very following year. That's not normal. It usually takes two years. 
two years to make up for a bear market. Two years. So don't lose your patience. You know, those people are young. Man, this is a great opportunity. You guys need to be taking advantage of this. Now, you know, what you should buy is always a difficult thing, you know, but um, don't be afraid. Is America going to disappear? That's always was my mentor always said. Always fall back on, is America going to disappear? If America is not going to disappear, the stock market will go higher. If you think America is going to disappear, the stock market is going to go to toast and <laughs> you boat up on gold and silver. Okay? So, but it's not. Okay? It's not. No matter how much fear. The more fear there is, the market goes down. The more fear there is, the smarter it is to buy, not sell. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We're going to talk about oil. Did you see that Goldman Sachs is saying that oil is going to go to $110 a barrel by the end of the year? And and did you see what OPEC did? OPEC said they're cutting production by $2 million million barrels a day. And I'm sure you saw the news about the sabotage of the natural gas line in in the ocean and off of Denmark. Someone's sabotage blew up from four different places. Mm Mm-hmm. Who do you think did that? Hmm. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99Chart. Stephen Justin, it's R from Tucson, uh, wondering what you think about Honeywell, H-O-N, and what you think a good entry point would be. Thanks. I'll listen on the podcast. Honeywell International, uh, headquarters in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, provides automotive and aerospace products, security technologies, specialty chemicals, engine systems. I'm just wondering how well there's pivoting to the electric, electric car market, because that's where the growth is going to be. And I would really look into that before I bought that because that's, that's I, you know, the future is there, okay, for a company like Honeywell. Um, they make good money, always make good money, very steady company, uh, do, does not have a lot of debt, pays 2.4% dividend. It's a little expensive, okay? Um, we're talking about a, a 19 or so PE, 20, uh, and based on next year's earnings. And the five-year range is 12 to 32, and it's been coming down, you know, from its high. Uh, I'm, I'm, Turner Equity is very good at 31%, good, solid company. I mean, come on. But there's not a lot of growth. That's why I'm very interested in the pivot to what they're going to do in the electric car market. If there's a lot of good news and they are pivoting to products that will, you know, spark their growth, then I would consider buying it. But I think at this point, I, I would not. 
They're just not cheap enough for me. There's no growth. I don't see the growth here yet. That's why I think it's very important to see what their futures is. Okay? Okay, finally, um, I, I wanted to mention the dollar, the strength of the dollar. It's at a 20-year high, and especially against the euro. Now, uh, I am taking a, a trip to Spain at the end of the month with the family, and, uh, you know, it, it's about on par, dollar to dollar, dollar to euro, one and one. A little, not quite there, but pretty darn close. Um, but, you know, you know, if you're thinking about moving to Europe or retiring to Europe, man, and buying some property there, no, this might be an opportunity. I understand Portugal specifically is very welcoming to uh, foreign investment in their property market. So uh, I'm just pointing out that, you know, the dollar is really strong compared to the euro. And it's not, you know, it might be an opportunity if that's where you're inclined to retire to or you just want to have some investment properties, you can still do that too. And I'm pointing out Portugal only because I know that they're welcoming foreign investors. Okay? So, just a thought. Uh, you know, uh, you know I, I'm not going to do it. I'm pretty much set. I'm probably going to uh, die here in the house I'm sitting in right now doing the show here. So, I don't see me moving at all. 888-99-CHART is the number, everybody. 888-992-4278, even though this is Friday. And there, you know, we probably don't have enough time to take on another call. Uh, you still can call all week long, all weekend long. The number's always live. And we would really appreciate you leaving calls um, for any financial questions you have. The Fed will meet next month, the first part of next month, November. I think it was November, November 3rd? Fourth, and remember, as I said, there's an 82% chance right now of a 0.75% bump. And the, the jobs report out this morning only confirms that that's probably what they're going to do. So you got to expect that, everybody. But the market is already probably building that in. The, 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 the bad day-to-day, we'll see if that has a follow-through on Monday, uh, or we'll see if the market is already fully priced in that, that 0.75%. At some point, they're going to pivot, but when exactly? I think they're getting close, but they don't see any evidence in the economy slowing. They have to see some evidence. That means unemployment claims has to jump from the 200s to get up to 300s or more, 300,000, 200,000 to 300,000 or more. Then they would say they they would see that the job market it might be finally weakening, and therefore the economy might be weakening. And when I talked to you earlier this week about uh, shipping and the dramatic downturn in the number of shipping orders, mm-hmm. that is a sign of a weakening economy, just not showing up yet. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your download anytime you want at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And, of course, if you do download on iTunes, we would appreciate a rating. Okay? We're about 45.9 million downloads now, and it looks like we'll cross to the 46 million 
sometime over the weekend. And we really appreciate that, everybody. We really do. So, independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.